your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, turning to Turkey at nearly 7.40 this morning, this Friday, July 1st, Turkey's been the victim of a string of deadly terrorist attacks. I'm sure you've been aware of that. This government has identified suicide bombers who killed 44 people at Istanbul's main airport as citizens of Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan and a Muslim region of Russia. They're the suspects. Uh, police detained 13 apparent accomplices Thursday in raids across the city. Well, let's bring in Professor Thomas Mokaitis from the Department of History, DePaul University in Chicago, United States. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, so this question of why Turkey has been subjected to so many terror attacks, more than 10 in the past year, claiming the lives of over 200 people. Well, you know, we forget sometimes um, that we are not the primary target of the Islamist extremists. Um, and that, what I mean by that is they are far more concerned in getting what they call apostate Muslim regimes out of power and setting up their version of Sharia law and creating an Islamic uh, caliphate, really, including all the Muslim countries and so on. And Turkey has been labeled an apostate regime. It's too secular, it's too Western, it's in NATO, uh, it's also on the front line uh, with Syria, and all of these things are making it a target. Throw into the mix the fact that the Kurdish uh, nationalist movement has also engaged in terrorist attacks, and it's a, it's a very dicey place. Are there some comparisons to be made between what's happened, though, in Istanbul and, say, Brussels, in, in terms of the characteristics, the nature of these attacks? Well, yeah, of course. Um, you know, you know uh, yes and no, let me put it that way. Certainly this is the second airport, but it's easy now. Everyone is going crazy all over the world saying, oh, my gosh, we've got to build, beef up airport security. Let's not forget what happened in Paris. I mean, they weren't attacking airports at all. They're going for soft targets. And what that means is that they, we've gotten pretty good at hardening access to airplanes, to, to runways, to things of that nature, to major government buildings. So they were trying to get as far into, and I've been through Ataturk Airport a lot. It's an incredibly busy place, but they have good security. So they were trying to penetrate as far as they could. But if they couldn't do that, they're perfectly willing to detonate themselves near the checkpoints to enter the building. Because anywhere you have a collection of people, you have, you know, you have, you're going to get higher body count. So, you know, it's two examples does not necessarily try and make. Yeah, they're going to try doing this again. They could hit a concert again. They could hit another soccer stadium. They could hit a trade show. They can hit almost any venue. That's what's so frustrating about, mm. the, you know, the target environment when you start shifting to the more predictable, highly symbolic, to the soft, easier to hit. As an aside, watching the footage of what happened at Istanbul and seeing people running, scrambling, struggling to walk, it, it struck me that the best way of getting out of that situation for th those who did get out was to run as fast as possible. But there was also this element of luck in terms of, I guess, running in the right direction. Absolutely horrendous. Again, our, our text is open to any listeners who want to get involved here. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message. I'd like to ask you as well... Actually... Sorry, please sorry. elaborate if you want to jump yeah, in no, there. Actually, there's one thing, and I, I don't mean to, to, to disagree, but 
running is often not the best thing to do. If the detonation has already occurred, you don't know what you're running towards. Sometimes sheltering in place is the best thing to do. Well, if you can find a place to get low, get down, get out of the way, especially if you've got an active shooter, yeah. well, you, might, the, you, know, you might in fact be safer than just simply ramble, running to the nearest exit, um, although that's the understandable human thing to do. you just got to look at your situation and make as best a decision as you can under the circumstances. Well, exactly. I mean, there's a couple of things there. Firstly, the situation could vary, um, but also I'm basing that assessment purely on the footage I saw, Professor Makaitis, sure. in the sense sure. that those who ran got away from the scene there were some who were standing yeah. around or weren't able to run, and it was pretty brutal to see what happened. But nevertheless... Um, yeah, no, there's no question about that. I mean, like I said, it's very hard to generalize. Yeah, if you've got a single individual at a single point and you can get away, yes, that's what you should do. There have been plenty of terrorist incidents, you know, uh, in which people, you know, deliberately have a secondary device they're trying to drive you toward or another shoot or whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very uh, tough yeah. call, and I think most people just go on instinct and adrenaline at that Yeah, I, I, I honestly can't even imagine what sort of thought process I personally would have no, in that situation. It's horrifying. But coming back to the political reasons for this, Turkey's recent restoration of ties with, with Russia and Israel, how notable is that yeah. connection? I, I don't think that, that that in itself isn't likely to make a difference. Turkey has been in the crosshairs for some time. Um, it's a moderate pro-Western Muslim state. It's secular. You can buy alcohol in restaurants in Turkey. Uh, many women do not. They, they're free. You know, they do not. Secular women don't wear a job. They don't cover. Uh, you know, all kinds of things set them apart and so on. I think what you've got is that plus the location. I'm not the least bit surprised. I've done work in both Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan. Tajikistan was not involved, but it's still Central Asia. These Muslim republics on the periphery of the old Soviet Union, and some of them still inside the Russian Federation, are very poor. Um, many of the, people, the young men go to work in Russia. When you're alienated, isolated like that, they face discrimination in Russia. They're very vulnerable to recruitment. So I was not the least bit surprised that you had uh, two Central Asians and a Russian Muslim being the perpetrators of this attack. And there is just, you know, many of the flights, and I've been on them, many of the flights into Central Asia come out of uh, Ataturk Airport. Um, these individuals may have been to Syria. They may simply have stayed in Turkey. We really don't know. Um, but this was a pretty well-coordinated and pretty well-thought-out attack. There is another factor here, of course, in Turkey that has been responsible for some of the headlines in recent months, and that is the, uh, the persistent threat posed by Kurdish rebels and terrorists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, been, that's, been a, that's a complicated thing. There was a temporary ceasefire which did not hold up. One of the attacks in the past year, one of the deadlier ones, wasn't appeared to have been a, a PKK uh, attack. Um, and that also explains some of the foot-dragging by the Turkish government in, in actually fighting ISIS, because the, one of the main groups willing to take the fight to ISIS in Syria and Iraq are the Kurds. The problem is that Kurds uh, live in Syria, Iraq, Iran, and Turkey, and Turkey is very afraid of stirring up any pan-nationalism. You know, nationalist Kurdish uh, leanings. Mm. Although at one point they did allow Kurds to transit their territory to to try to relieve one of the towns under ISIS attack. In many ways, uh, Turkey hates Bashar al-Assad more than it does ISIS. That, however, is changing, uh, and it will change even more after this incident.
You know, when we hear President Recep Tayyip Erdogan talk about this war on terror, we've heard these uh, wars on terror repeatedly from world leaders. Where are we heading going forward, do you think, with either the Kurdish side of things, IS and its goals? Uh, they seem to be highly ambitious if IS thinks it's going to take over Turkey. But what yeah. does the immediate future hold? That's political rhetoric. Myself and most people I know who work on terrorism hate the term war on terrorism or terror because it, what exactly does it mean? You can mm. target organizations. I actually believe that ISIS is under severe pressure and is weakening in Syria and Iraq, and that's part of why they're lashing out farther abroad. So what you might see is a stepping up of the pressure. Um, you know, in in uh, you know against them by Turkey, you might see more military action. I'm not even sure of that. Um, you know, this uh, this is a horrific attack. Every attack is. Um, it could have been far worse. I think Turkish security did a very good job of stopping them for from getting very far into that airport. Mm. I mean, as I said, I've been through it on several occasions. It is a massive thing. It's very crowded all the time. There are a lot of choke points, a lot of places where people have to congregate to get through layers of security. It's, you know, there are a lot of shops. It really could have been far, far worse than it actually was. And one of the bombings in Istanbul, I think, was the death toll was over 100. So I'm not trying to diminish this, but I am trying to put it in a healthy perspective. Um, I think Turkey will continue pretty much the policy it has yes. and perhaps step up some against ISIS. It's been criticized for focusing too much on the Kurds, not enough on ISIS. You may see a shift in focus here. Professor Mark Aitis, thank you very much for joining us. Happy to do it. You uh, have a nice day. Well, you too. Look forward to uh, catching up again sometime, hopefully under more pleasant circumstances. Professor Thomas Makaitis works out at DePaul University in Chicago. And again, you can get in touch with us by email anytime, efmthismorning at gmail.com.